Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 68, The Need for Nurture. My name is Lori Craig, and we are coming at you from the balmy Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> Just kidding, it's hard to even drive down the road to record this podcast because yeah. it's a tundra out there. <laughs> uh, but I am here with licensed therapist and actually wearing Argyle expert. Yes. And my husband, Matt Craig. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Good evening. How, do you, how are you feeling about my introduction? So good. So much better. <laughs> we also have our producer and the most professional radio voice among us and newly minted uh, professor. That's right. At Cornerstone University. Take his class, folks. Producer mm. Steve. It's, it's just one class. It's my first. <laughs> I don't care. I'm don't expect much. Milk this for all. Producer it's professor. Worth. Hello and welcome. <laughs> Getting a new title. (laughs) And we have two special guests today to help us kick off a series we are doing on core needs. And before I introduce them, what are core needs? We have mentioned them last season and this season, and we have them on our website, but they are inside that whole metaphorical hole in our heart. And these are these good things that God put in us before the fall of man, dun, 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 which actually probably shouldn't joke about that because it's terrible. Um, But we often go instead of directly to God with these good needs, like for nurture or for purpose or for belonging, instead of going to God and letting creation support that God need meeting process, we go to things and people and our eyes are prone to wander. So we're going to talk specifically today about the need for nurture and over the next nine weeks after this, we're going to cover each one and we're going to have different guests help us explore them and break them down. And so I am so excited to have Anna and Shannon with us from Eden Invitation. Welcome, Anna Carter and Shannon Ochoa. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you're welcome. Are you guys bringing the sunshine with you through the microphone or where y'all at? The Arctic tundra. <laughs> Hello, we oh. bet you. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, so not just across the lake. Yeah. You know, we just go to the shore and wave. <laughs> <laughs> Float on some cheese or something. I don't know. I think it's the bad icebergs at this point. Icebergs, cheese mm. icebergs. Yes, delicious. Um, <laughs> well, Anna earned her theology and catechetics. Nailed it catechetics degree from the Franciscan University of Steubenville and leads retreats and speaks nationally on issues related to sexuality. And Shannon Ochoa, she graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison with degrees in social welfare and gender and women's studies. And they are both the co-founders of Eden Invitation. So Anna and Shannon, will you please tell us what is Eden Invitation? So Eden Invitation is an outreach to uh, young adult Christians who experience same-sex desires and gender discordance. Uh, So what we try to do is create spaces for people to be received, just to receive the whole person, um, and also to grow systems of mutual support. A lot of times this isn't really talked about in churches and can be a really isolating experience for people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also to empower for mature Christian discipleship. Love it. It sounds like a lot of clarity in your mission and vision. And I hear that as someone who has to write to mission and vision and keep us focused. I hear that a lot. Now, your target audience is the Catholic Church. Is that correct? Yeah, we primarily, so Shannon and I are both Catholic, um, and so we primarily uh, attract Catholics, but we do have um, kind of an an interdenominational 
strain to us as well. We have a first retreat coming up in a few weeks um, and it'll be uh, just a few different denominations that will be represented there, which is really exciting. That's awesome. I love the interdenominational pieces to what people are doing and just like how this this need for God can can bring us together. Well, we are excited to hear more about that and to explore and unpack more of this whole common denominator of needs and the one who can meet these needs and hear you guys' experience with that. But before, just so we can get to know you a little bit better, besides your freezing cold, uh, we're going to (laughs) explore the question of the week from last week, which is on friendship. And what is the greatest challenge you find in making and keeping deep, lasting friends? So, Anna, we'll start with you. Yeah, you know, I think I actually have been really grateful to um, just be in a lot of situations uh, to make really good friends over the years, been involved in a lot of like communal uh, Christian ministry situations um, where the establishment of those friendships, like kind of the the making of those friendships comes uh, fairly easily. And there's a Mm -hmm. lot of great formation in like how to do friendships well and how to do life well. I think as we transition, you know, I think especially as young adults, it's an interesting time where people move to different parts of the country Mm. or, uh, you start kind of entering into, you know, people are entering into new states of life. Um, you know, marriages, having families or whatever that might look like. And so as those shifts happen, uh, that's, you know, I think been challenging because it kind of forces you to be a little bit more agile and creative on what your time together looks like yeah. and uh, how you stay committed um, and mutually supportive of one another in those different spaces. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we can all relate to that. Mm-hmm. People moving away, people just <laughs> transitioning life. It's such a challenge. <laughs> what about you, Shannon? What's been the greatest challenge you find in making, keeping lasting friends? Yeah, I think uh, similar to Anna, I've been really blessed to have a lot of like long term friendships uh, from childhood or, you know, that have lasted for quite a few years. And I think one thing I've kind of realized, you know, friendships often start in a shared experience uh, and an experience of solidarity, whether it's, you know, you're in the same class or the same workplace. Um, And like she was saying, the states of life change. Uh, and so I think something that I've come to see a need for is just like clear communication, (laughs) you know, clear communication of what's going to help each of you thrive, uh, -hmm. in your state of life, but also in that friendship. Um, you know, I have a friendship where recently, uh, she and her husband, they've just been working a lot and, uh, they're expecting their first child. Um, and me too, giving in, in a mission, uh, particularly, but I'm not living in a marriage, Mm -hmm. um, that too, we kind of had to communicate, okay, like what, what do you need? How can we be present to each other? Um, and so I named that I like consistently needed to see them more often. Hmm. Uh, and they too were like, okay, things are crazy. So now I'm going over there and cooking dinner once a month, uh, on top of just seeing her, my best friend, uh, and just cooking dinner for them so that they can like pay their bills, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, so that they can fold laundry, you know? Uh, and then we just spend the rest of the night being able to kind of catch up and chat and just share in life a little bit more. Um, so yeah, kind of having to like break through, uh, with communication to kind of get over that hurdle (laughs) of those different States. I love that because I hear humility on both sides. Like you're like, Mm. okay, maybe this isn't ideal that I'm cooking this meal as you fold laundry. And I really just want to drink coffee and chat with you. But that, I don't know, like you've, you've humbled yourself and how you respond to them. And then they're like, okay, now let's carve out this space right now. And they've, they've chosen a humble path too. So the creativity, that's really great. 
How about you, Matt? What listener did you resonate with and, and what's been your greatest challenge? Yeah, I really um, resonated with Alicia's response where she said she tends to isolate herself, not on purpose, but just get into the routine of the day and life and, and feel exhausted at the end of most, most days and then realize they've gone forever without connecting with friends. And I, I, I see a lot of that in me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like I've been blessed with the ability to focus on things, but it also means that those things that aren't in my direct focus can tend to be kind of back burner, almost out of sight, out of mind. And, and sometimes that ends up being friendships for me, which is, it's been hard for me to maintain friendships that are no longer in like direct proximity mm-hmm. with my day to day routine. Mm. Yeah, that's honest and makes sense. Steve? Um, I liked what uh, Kanita said, the cultural belief that people should, quote, give others space Hmm. uh, when they are going through tough times. Yeah. I think that uh, that's a missed opportunity to pour out compassion that the other might need. And she goes on to say this isn't just true for friends, but common to many relationships. And, I mean, I've I've seen that. We've got, my wife and I have got a friend, that um, couple where the husband died and the wife, you know, who's a real good friend of ours. She was like, I know it's awkward. You don't know what to say. And she wasn't saying this so much to us, but other people that she had encountered, you know, Mm -hmm. and she's like, but saying something is always Mm -hmm. better than saying nothing in that moment. So that just, I resonated um, just remembering um, our friend Heather when I read that uh, Mm -hmm. from Facebook. But for myself, I think a big obstacle for me has been my own, I guess, assumptions or biases about people, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, that person and I don't have anything in common or uh, I don't think I don't assume I'm going to have any kind of connection with that person. And so um, but when I have actually overcome that and for whatever reason moved toward that person, I've been surprised often that that's turned out to be like one of my best friends ever in my life. That's how that started. I just assumed, oh, you're not like me. We don't have the same sense of humor, but there were deeper things where we found that common bond and Mm -hmm. that's still there. So Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I appreciated Mary's perspective. She said, realizing it's normal to have seasons of closeness and distance For many reasons, it's helped me to lose the guilt of not maintaining every relationship over the years, and it's helped me to appreciate friends past and present. And I think about how um, sometimes when friends are closer or farther away, like either physically or in time, just because you're not hanging out all the time doesn't make them less significant in your life. Like I could talk to someone maybe once or twice a year and their role of significance in my life is still very high, even though maybe we don't hang out all the time. And so I like just kind of the ease with which she both holds her own self gently, like just like I'm not going to force myself to be like, oh, no, we haven't talked every month or every week, like just to feel like we're okay, And to um, to just still see the relationship as significant Mm -hmm. for whatever is available. I love that. So, guys, if you want to answer our question of the week, I, I pose them at the end of every podcast, but you can friend me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter, and I will post these every week, and we love hearing your responses. And just, you guys are so thoughtful. Every time you respond, we're like, wow, that's good, that's good. So, thank you. But now it is time for... Island. It's the time of the week where we take a vacation from our problems. And the game we are playing is Sorting Hat of Questions. And the vehicle we're taking is a broom because I love Harry Potter. Please don't click us off. (laughs) Okay. 
but what random questions did the sorting hat bring us today in order for us to get to know Anna and Shannon a little bit better? And we're starting with tattoos because I also heart tattoos. Please keep listening. All right. If you got a tattoo, Anna and Shannon, uh, what would you get and where would you put it? They don't have to be matching tattoos. <laughs> Uh, I also heart tattoos a lot. Uh, I actually already have five of them. Hey, so yeah. And if I could, yeah, right. I know. And this question's like, what would you get? I would get a whole sleeve. So I'm not going <gasps> to sit here and detail every single thing. Um, but I already have a little blackbird, like the Beatles song Aww. on my arm. So I want to make it a much bigger piece is the idea. So oh, yeah, <laughs> got a lot of scripture on me too, but Wanted to diversify. That's great. Yeah. Oh, I feel you on that. <laughs> uh, and I don't want any more tattoos personally. I do already have two as well. Um, so I have um, on one wrist, I have the word beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other wrist, I have uh, the traditional symbol of the sacred heart of Jesus. Uh, so it's like a heart with the crown of thorns around it. It's yeah. got a piercing on it and it's flaming with love oh <laughs> are they colored you guys have color on them or are they just black and white mine are all black okay. i really like black <laughs> and mine are all brown actually oh. they're all people sometimes think they're henna oh yeah and, and earthy <laughs> oh that's sweet oh that's really cool I, I had someone recently look at my tattoo and they're like that's very colorful <laughs> i was like it's okay if you hate it i love it <laughs> All right. When you are down, what makes you feel better? Ben and Jerry's better be mentioned. <laughs> See, I love kickboxing. I oh, don't know. What up? Something to just punch in a bag. <laughs> no, I really do enjoy exercising. Uh, just being able to like push yourself, I think mm-hmm. in a different way. Um, so I don't know for me, just like that physical exertion, uh, being with my family is really nice. I have nieces and a nephew, and they're just really goofy. You know, Aww. you can just like be really goofy with them uh, and they receive it entirely. Yeah. Uh, and then too, I just love, I love to get outside. Uh, I love to sing a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can usually find me belting out either like a musical uh, or sometimes I listen to moody music when oh, I'm yeah. down. Who's your favorite know, moody reason, artist? Feel better. Uh, a guy by the name of Sufjan Stevens. Oh, yeah. He's been love my him. favorite since <gasps> I was like, a little like not little kid i don't know middle school who knows yeah um yeah he's like subtly angsty oh yeah he's great (laughs) what's your favorite sufyan because steve's brains are blowing out yeah i've never met anybody else who loves loves sufyan yeah i love him a lot so this is like a really really moody song well casimir pulaski day if you've ever heard that one is really good also um John Wayne Gacy Jr. Yes. Both like incredibly heavy. Yes. That wrecks me. I love meeting fellow fans. Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> They're having a moment. So yeah. Next tattoo for both of you. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, not so much the tunes on my end. Um, <laughs> the tunes. No, definitely a hike, um, like getting outside in mm-hmm. nature alone in the woods. It's just really rejuvenating. Uh, But when you're in the middle of a polar vortex, less so. So in the wintry months, it's probably uh, a frozen pizza has to be supreme. I have to Mm. make sure there's stuff on it. Mm. A good beer 
and The Office. Oh, there, there you just, go. Yeah. Dark. Come out of that 25 minutes episode and it's just the world is new. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like Stanley on Pretzel Day. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Matt. That was good. good. All right. Shifting from pretzels to desserts. What is your favorite dessert? The only thing I can think of, I, I do have a sweet tooth for sure, but donuts. Oh, yeah. Like the fully loaded or just straight up Krispy Kreme when the light's on? You know, I actually, not a huge, I mean, Krispy Kreme's okay. I do like more like the artisan donuts and Uh really anywhere you can find a good Boston cream. That's. Mm -hmm. That is a good one. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's breakfast though. We're talking desserts here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know when you eat your donuts, sir. (laughs) They are good anytime. They are good anytime. (laughs) And for me, I have to follow up every dessert with something salty. Uh, Don't know what it is, but I just do. Mm. Uh, But the one dessert I can have that I do not need something salty after is raw cookie dough. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And I know they like weren't against all the raw eggs That's and all that. But, you know, why not? Yeah. Be a little bold. Yeah. Just live on the edge. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think we're warming up here, guys, both relationally and our our laugh muscles. So let's move into the heart of the matter. And we ask every guest these two questions. How was the gospel, which I mean, Kurt Thompson flipped it upside down for us in our our shame dual episodes, which I still am thinking about. I don't know if you guys still I'm like, it's affected my parenting. Mm -hmm. It's affected our marriage, Mm -hmm. just his whole perspective. Um, But if the gospel is I am more uh, love than I can imagine and more sinful than I can believe. When was it first good news for you and how is it still? And let's start with Anna. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I was raised in a faithful household, um, but it was pretty early on in high school. I went on a really powerful retreat. Um, And I think, you know, when you grow up with faith in the context of a community, I mean, that's a huge gift, um, but everything feels very general. Um, Mm. And I just remember this moment. It was it was a youth conference. There was literally thousands of people in the room. And for whatever reason, that was like grace just breaking through. And I just during this like evening prayer time felt so like picked out of the crowd, Hmm. you know, that like in the midst of all of that, Jesus like saw me and knew me and he loved me. Um, And it just felt so personal and he just felt so present to me. Hmm. Um, And, you know, in a lot of ways, I don't know, I guess you think of like Jesus, like calling out the disciples in the crowd, you know, Mm, (laughs) just like pointing at him and being like, come after me. Um, And I was involved in ministry. I've been involved in ministry really my whole working life. Um, You know, and I think one of the ways that the gospel is, still being renewed in my life is, I don't know about all you guys, but I think sometimes being in ministry can actually challenge our sense of personal identity Mm -hmm. um, and what we need to, or we think we need to accomplish Mm -hmm. um, to be like worthy of the call, right? Worthy of the call we've received. Um, And it can get kind of just, I don't know, the kind of that workaholic in the vineyard, I guess, uh, in some ways. And so I think for me, one of the ways the gospel is still, um, just really pierces me 
um, is literally just in scripture too. Like the examples of the disciples, like constantly screwing up and failing and how Jesus keeps choosing us, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and just that process that is, uh, that is the Christian life. Mm. He speaks it over us once and he's just singing it over us every day too, you know? Amen. How about you, Shannon? Yeah, I think for me, uh, so a little bit of a background before the moment (laughs) that the Lord really like pierced my heart. Um, I grew up in, in a family where the faith was a little bit known, um, but not really discussed. Uh, but I, for some reason, as a kid, just had a deep heart for the Lord. I always was like reading my little children's Bible and like mesmerized by the stories. Um, but you know, as we get older, we kind of like seek, uh, to know and understand ourselves, uh, what it means to be loved. Uh, we seek that right. in like incarnational and material ways. Um, and so I think I just kind of grew up seeking that in a lot of different areas. I grew up the youngest kid. Um, and you know, you have a few siblings ahead of you. So you're kind of always trying to like find your place and prove mm-hmm. yourself and, uh, to know again, to like, just know and understand your goodness, uh, that you're loved. Uh, and so I think for me, as I got older and as I got into college, I had encounters with God, but, uh, just really sought in the college campus culture, <laughs> Um, you know, I threw myself into just the big, like party scene, uh, threw myself into trying to understand what life was in my gender women's studies classes, uh, and academics, uh, the social scene. Um, and I just kind of grew restless, uh, just trying to find myself in all of these other areas. Hmm. Um, again, this understanding of trying to figure out like, am I good? (laughs) Uh, am I loved? Am I seen? Uh, I was raised in a beautiful family, but again, there was like that deeper cry of my heart, Uh, and I just reached such a point that I was, again, just very like restless and just craving, you know, that deeper resounding sense Mm. of love. Uh, and just, yeah, a moment, uh, I just knew where I met my first love (laughs) and those little Bible stories. Uh, and I went to the chapel one day on campus and, um, just went and prayed and was so moved, uh, just before the Lord and sitting there just hearing him just so clearly say that I was his, Mm. um, you know, you are mine and you have a home here. And I just knew from that moment on that I wanted to spend my life in pursuit of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, kind of, as Anna was saying, the, the Christian life isn't always an easy walk every day. Um, but the way that, you know, I'm, I'm continuously encountering this is just always remembering that, uh, it's always good news. Mm. (laughs) I always need to be reminded of his goodness and his goodness in me, Um, and I think too, you know, the imagery that's really always spoken to me is, uh, song of songs, just that sense of, you know, he's like running through the lilies after you. Mm. Uh, and just that imagery of like, okay, the lilies are beautiful, Mm. uh, but he's still like seeking me above and beyond the lilies, Mm. (laughs) uh, right. Like beautiful flower. Yet he searches for me still. Um, and so I think for me, that's just like that continued good news. Uh, you know, even, above this beautiful gift. Um, he still seeks me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my good news. Oh, I love <laughs> He's it. a good, good father. Mm-hmm. Well, we, I'm, I'm excited to keep hearing from both of you, just continuation of this gospel need and search and, and how we can see that is like this whole St. Augustine, our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. And, but we have these needs inside this, this hole in our heart. And one of them is this need for nurture. And, and so God 
put us as as humans and to reproduce and have babies. And I just think it's so fascinating just being pregnant right now, <laughs> 22 weeks or so, and just thinking about how human babies are the most needy creatures that are born on the planet. Like you see horses be born and they can stand up and walk and run around. I'm like, yeah, that's not till like year 1.5. But just how he created us just with this need to be held and to be nurtured and to be um, cared for, or even just this need that we have to eat or to sleep. Like God could have made us robots, like without this need to be fed, as we've all mentioned, these donuts, et cetera. Um, And so we see the fall, though, introduced, and instead of getting this nurturing done by God for our souls and for us looking to Him to meet these tangible needs, we can look to people. And it's kind of funny, I always talk about this when I talk about this need for nurture, when we you ever go to Starbucks and you get really good service or you go to a really great artisan donut or coffee shop and and you're like, what is this tingly feeling I'm feeling? Well, they're caring for me. You're like, am I in love with them? And you're like, no, it's just they're caring for that nurture need. Or I think about Cassie. She's this precious single woman who lives with us. And yesterday she just played with our daughters for like an hour as I did similar to what you're saying, Shannon, with your friends as I just like cleaned the house. And I was like, oh, I just feel all this love tingling because she was nurturing, caring for me by caring for our girls. And so how do you, Anna and Shannon, how do you see your own like echoes of Eden for this nurture need today? Like, how do you see this like this intrinsic need to be nurtured in your lives? Mm hmm. Yeah, I think it's funny because like you said, you know, when we're younger, it's just very practical material needs. Obviously, there are other ways, you know, um, quality time and ways like that, that we need to be nurtured. Mm. Um, You know, and as you get a little bit older, you don't necessarily like need someone to drive you to the library all the time. (laughs) So the needs change a little bit, right? You can make your own food a little bit more. You can... uh, make some of your own decisions um, and be nurtured in those ways. But uh, I think it takes a lot of different shapes. You know, I think nowadays that manifests in a need for intimate friendships, uh, spaces where I can be seen and received uh, Mm -hmm. and receive other people, Uh, you know, to prioritization of self-care and to be held accountable for that, I think is a way to be nurtured, Hmm. you know, to name that I need to exercise so many days a week. Uh, mm-hmm. I need to go to the doctor. I need someone to call me out when I have a cough and I'm stubborn and don't want to go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that like need for, for nurture there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too, even just like the nurturing of the soul, uh, just this sense of spiritually that need for prayer and intimacy with God. Um, just a great need there uh, in community, communal prayer. Uh, and worship, but also to just personally, intimately with the Lord, I think has just been really big as mm-hmm. well um, to just be held, yeah. I, I think. <laughs> How about you, Anna? I think for me, one of the one of the continual lessons is um, is spiritual childhood hmm. um, and the reality that the, the nurture, you know, Shannon talked a bit about the transition as we age, that nurture looks differently. Um, but I'm always a child of my father, Hmm. my heavenly father. Hmm. Um, and I think for me, that's all the practical stuff, you know, that Shannon was mentioning. And I think even like underscoring all of that is the trust that God wants all that for me more than I want it for me. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 
So spiritual childhood. So it's like just envisioning yourself, like how, like do you envision yourself being held by your father? Or how does that look to be nurtured by him as like letting yourself being a spiritual child? Yeah. I mean, I think some of it, you know, is definitely like the use of the imagination in times of prayer, you know, and like picturing your little, little self. Yeah. My glasses days. Um, (laughs) but, um, you know, just that, that sense, um, in prayer for sure. Or those scripture passages, you know, where Jesus is talking about like letting the children come to him. Mm -hmm. And I think also being able to name the needs. I I think I'm definitely a person that tends to, um, I, I know, you know, I've been doing this long enough and it's like, I know what I need. And I think so often it's like, Oh, well, if I have my reading time and my exercise time and my coffee time in my calendar, I'm being nurtured. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But to be able to recognize that I need to be surrendering those needs for nurture to the Lord Mm -hmm. um, and also allowing him to be the one to show me um, where they're going to be met, you know, in the context of my schedule and in the context of my relationships Mm -hmm. rather than me just trying to solve it. Yeah. um, If that makes sense. It does. So if I think about my own life, both in the past and in the present, I think the need for nurture can be one of my primary core needs. And again, if you guys want to see a list of them, just go to HMHministries.com and just you can go under about and click core needs. And so we're starting with nurture. But I, I know even now I when I find myself not being that spiritual child and looking to the father to be the one to care for my soul and not being the adult person and be like, okay, actually put things in your calendar, Lori, that are going to nurture and care for you and stop driving yourself into the ground. I find an indicator for me is my eyes start to wander because I'm just driving myself to death. But like for me, I can, I can look to my job to try and satisfy this nurture need. Or for me, like I share my story. I can look to women to try and satisfy this nurture need. So how do you guys know, either from a time in the past or even in your present, when you know that you're not looking to God first to be the one to satisfy your soul and have your job and people support that process, but when your eyes are starting to shift, when has been a time either in the past or, or how is an, what do you, what's an indicator now? You know, I think for me, one of the cues is, is similar to actually one of the, uh, one of the the friendship sharings that, that from one of your audience members, um, the isolation, you mm-hmm. know, I think that's a cue for me when I start feeling like too tired, yeah. uh, to reach out relationally. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's definitely elements of solitude that are very life giving for me. I'm a big reader, you know, uh, that obviously requires a degree of solitude yeah. to accomplish, you know, yeah. uh, there's things that are genuinely life-giving in solitude. Um, however, when I'm not having those friendship touch points throughout the week and mm-hmm. I'm going several days without any contacts with people, that's a cue for me that like, wait, something is not, something mm-hmm. isn't right here. There's a little too much turning inward mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and usually because I'm exhausted, you know, and not, yeah. not balancing as well. What are some of the inward sentences that you might say to yourself? Like, is it like, I don't like, just, just don't like yourself or it's just like you're isolating. You just feel lonely. Like, what are some of those? What's that self-talk? Very much along lines of weariness. Like I'm, yeah. I'm too tired for this. This is too much. God is asking too much. Yeah. 
this, this is too heavy. You know, it's very much a weariness and a, and a tired narrative. Yeah. How about you, Shannon? Yeah, I think, uh, for me, mine kind of manifests a little bit more in a turning inward and just like self-reliance. And I think, uh, a little bit more, the language becomes, uh, I can take care of myself <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I don't want to be a burden so as to not be like nurtured by other people. Uh, and so me, yes, it, it kind of manifests a little bit similarly in the sense of, of turning inward and isolation. Uh, but I think a lot of what I experience is, yeah, just that sense of like, I can do this on my own. Uh, so not asking for help by any mm-hmm. means from anyone <laughs> yeah. um, or um, yeah, even to just trying to like figure things out a bit more on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit more of like that, that state of mind rather than like turning to like a, a specific activity to kind of, to wander. Uh, it's just more so that state of mind, uh, mm-hmm. that I think I kind of turn towards in that setting. Yeah. And, and I think that's definitely something that I would resonate with as well, because nurture is, I think the hardest core need for me of the list of 10 that we've come up with that, that for me feels like, oh, I was supposed to leave this behind in childhood. And and that mm-hmm. could be because of the cultural kind of expectation of, especially for men, okay, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get it done or whatever, you know, but, but this idea that, okay, if I can get it, if I can meet this need on my own, it's, it's no longer, it's no longer nurture. Nurture intrinsically is something that happens in a relationship, you know, and so that self-reliance is, is I think the, one of the key components of when we try to, you know, take that need out of God's hands, it can often turn into this, like, I'm just meeting this need in my own timing, in my own way, which that's, let's face it, that's just sin in general, is us trying to complete ourselves. Okay, okay, but that's terrifying. So, Shannon, you mentioned with your friendship uh, Mm -hmm. with the couple who's expecting the baby, like, you Mm -hmm. essentially expressed need. And, Mm -hmm. And you said, okay, this is, what I and and see this is the problem <laughs> is if we look to people this is a genuine question for you guys and you look to people is it a need like can we we love does not demand its own way that's part of the de- the definition mm-hmm. of love and so if you look to your friends or if you look at Jesus in the garden um and he was about to die and he mm-hmm. goes to his disciples and this makes me cry every time I read it but he goes to his disciples and instead of saying please stay up with me you must stay up with me. I am going to literally die. <laughs> and I am the son of God and I freaking made you. So stay up. But instead he's like pleading with them. And he's like, won't you stay? Like he's so stinking humble. And so I see that in Jesus, like that he doesn't even demand his own nurture, but he like offers, he's saying, will you, will you stay up with me? So, okay, dear ones, <laughs> we're going off script a little bit. But like, how do you how do you look to your friends to care and nurture for your heart without demanding it? I think at the end of the day, it's an invitation, right? It's an invitation to love and be loved. Um, I don't know. I think I, this is a little bit different of an example, but I think of, you know, Simon of Cyrene helping Jesus carry the cross mm. uh, and just that sense of like, as we're journeying in this life, uh, we're going to need to like uh, help one another walk, you know, yeah. take the next step. Um, and I think too, that sense of making sure that it's clear that there's not, 
you know, that there's not this sense of like dependence or like your friends, like completing you again, that like necessity to lean into God, to lean into him. Um, but to also be comfortable in naming that, like in order for me to, to lean into the Lord more easily, or in order for me to like thrive in pursuit of God, like I also, uh, want to like invite you and like need you to also, uh, like walk with me, mm-hmm. uh, to walk with me intentionally, to take that time, uh, to, to get together, to encourage one another on. Yeah. And I think too, it's just, it's a sense of mutual support mm-hmm. and mutual responsibility. Um, that is, I, I don't know. So within the Catholic tradition, we have something called Catholic social teaching, um, which is based in scripture and a lot of other things to look at. How do we interact with other people in society? Um, and there's this beautiful line, um, from the former Pope, John Paul II. And he says like, nobody can claim like nobody can claim as Cain did that he is not responsible for the fate of his brother. Hmm. Um, and so the truth is like, we are responsible for one another. And so by confessing to another person, my own need and my own vulnerability and my own woundedness, I am actually providing them an opportunity to live the Christian life. Mm -hmm. I'm providing them an opportunity to be a disciple Mm -hmm. uh, and to imitate Jesus. Right. Uh, and so I, I think it's okay. You know, we, we mm. need to be honest with those vulnerabilities within these communal contexts, because if we're just these like robots moving around that don't have any needs, like a, that's just a lie. Totally. Like be like, we're just, we're going to break down and, and we're going to like choke on the poison we're drinking, you know? Yeah, and, totally. Um, but people so, are terrible. people fail you like so you can go to people and say you know like jesus this is my desire this is my need and and i would like that's scary first of all that's just terrifying to be that vulnerable but then to not put all your whole life on them and be like fix me (laughs) but let's just say you're just saying hey this is my desire like you're describing shannon or like we've been alluding to is like i would love for you like jesus in the garden like invite you to join me and help me bear this burden but sometimes people stink and they say no or they try and fix you or they try and change you or i don't you know like people are not perfect so how (laughs) how do we navigate it when they fail you and they don't meet the expectations you desire Yeah, that's really challenging, you know, and I think that happens to all of us at different points. And so I think, you know, like you're pointing out, like in all of those friendships that you have to, you know, to have in your mind, obviously that's, this is not, you're trying to imitate the love of God, but this Mm -hmm. isn't the love of God, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Mm -hmm. and those disappointments are going to happen and, um, and to just have a, we can have deep emotions about that, but also to have like that level head that says, no, like that there needs to be some conflict re- resolution here. There needs to be some forgiveness, Yeah. Um, you know, that's present. And I think too, like you mentioned, like, you know, not needing people to fix you or needing too much. You know, I think it is important to be able to like spread out that vulnerability and spread yes. out those relationships. Obviously mm-hmm. you don't want to be like, dumping all of this on just one person because that's not healthy either. Mm-hmm. So ha- all of this happening, I think, within the context of a network of people and of community. That's really critical, actually. Mm-hmm. I think that it is so easy because our hearts are restless and searching and because we are craving Jesus, like we're craving completion, that it's easy to look to, 
I mean, I just stare in Matt's eyes every day and <laughs> say, you complete me and, <laughs> and demand How does that he does. for you? So good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that <year>. doesn't happen. <laughs> that does not happen at all. But then at the same time, or I can totally look away or and completely ignore you. And that's also never a fight that we've ever, ever had about <laughs> not being interdependent, not codependent, but interdependent. Mm-hmm. So uh, where am I? Now I'm lost. Now I'm just fighting with Matt. Um, <laughs> So, but (laughs) that we are searching for the savior, I feel like all the time. And so sometimes when people fail me, like when, when I say like, Hey, this is my desire and they do, you know, people are terrible. I, I sometimes I say, thank you, Jesus, for reminding me that you are the savior. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the one that I'm looking for. And it doesn't mean that you don't say this hurts. It doesn't mean that you don't express need, but it really, it always, I'm like, oops, I was I was codependenting on you as opposed to trying to be invitational and interdependent. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Anna and Shannon, I just would love to hear just any last words that you have as far as when you look inside yourself and you, and you feel this nurture need, like what, if someone is feeling maybe just this emptiness and they've known they've either taken it too much on their friends or they haven't d- interdependented <laughs> a word guys word for the year 2k19 uh on people enough what would you recommend that they do to just take a step to to nurture their souls today prayer amen yeah go for it take it say loud and proud and go for it i feel like too you know i mean to also find those methods of prayer that you know are a go-to like refresher that nurture your soul. And if you don't know that you need to like try out a few things, you, you know, I think some? one of the things yeah. to me that I don't do often enough, um, is like worship. You know, I, I can play some praise and worship songs on guitar. That's the extent of it. So, it's um, great. More than I God do. for basic chords. <laughs> um, but, um, just to like, get some like raw praise going, hmm. you know, that's just that cry of the heart. Yeah. Um, that I just know it. Whenever I take the time to do that, I always feel refreshed. I'm always mm-hmm. like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. Like praise God. But I just come away refreshed from that, you know? So to be able to know, um, those, you know, those, so more than just like go pray, yeah. but like to yeah. know those forms <laughs> of prayer that you're like, yes, that's a go-to, even if it's inconvenient, even if it's mm-hmm. like, well, I know that if I go to that place in the park, I always feel so awesome, but it's like 45 minutes away. Like get in your freaking car and drive 45 minutes. Just yep. do it. Yes. You know, get in the freaking car. All right. How about you, Shannon? <laughs> yeah, no, I would say, I think just like finding solidarity with the Lord, right? Uh, God became man. Uh, and so finding like peace, uh, in his humanity. Hmm. Um, and so what I mean by that is, you know, for me, when I go to prayer, uh, there's like nothing I can bring before him that he like hasn't received or understood. Yeah. Um, you know, there is, uh, this great book. We actually read it for an Eden invitation book called club called read of God. Hmm. Uh, and it's just the utter speaks to the utter dependency of, uh, God on, the human, like on humanity in the sense that like he had to be carried, right. Hmm. Had to be carried for nine months everywhere he went. Um, you know, he heard the noises that like Mary heard, uh, Hmm. the food he received and the nourishment he received was what Mary ate. Um, and, and just this model of like utter dependency, 
Hmm. Um, you know, and I think for me in the context of nurture, right. Like knowing that I need prayer, but also knowing that like, okay, like I need to be nurtured. Like I need help. Uh, and just finding solidarity with God's humanity in that regard. Um, so for me turning to scripture, uh, and just seeing the ways in which he lived, he walked, um, and how that can speak into my own life uh, mm. and how I'm called to live and walk, mm. how I'm called to ask for help, how I'm called to lean into him. Um, so I think for me, those have just been really, really just fruitful ways, uh, into understanding. And I'm also all for a solid praise and worship sesh. Yeah. So <laughs> seriously, <laughs> you can always go for that. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We all are nodding our heads here. Well, Anna and Shannon, thank you so much for joining us and for helping us unpack chapter one of this core needs unpacking. And I didn't know how it would go. It's just, you know, this whole thing that we teach, but then inviting people into it. But just thank you for sharing your heart so vulnerably and letting me take us off script and, and see what shakes down. So thanks for being with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. It's been a real joy. And it's a gift to be having these conversations. I just yes. think it's really good for people to be able to come to know and understand themselves more on who they are in relation to God. So thank you. Yeah. Amen. So you all listeners, uh, again, if you want to friend me on Facebook, Lori Krieg, or follow me on Twitter, uh, we'd love to hear you. Or you can email me at podcast at HIMHministries.com to answer this question, which is kind of related to nurture about how we can care for each other. But what is your love language and is how you receive love through, all right, let's list them. Is it touch? Smell, taste, just kidding. <laughs> Touch. <laughs> Touch, gifts. words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service. Quality time. time. Quality, quality time. time. Yep. What was the last one, Matt? I said time spent. But oh, there you go. Time. Yep. There yep. it is. So it's how you give love different from how you receive it. And that's just interesting, like that it is different. Why are there differences? Um, so we just would love to hear from you all. And as well, uh, we just want to link you up. If you go to our podcast episode page, we will link you to Eden Invitation. And you can see things like these book clubs that they do and these retreats that they're talking about. And hopefully it's not in the frigid tundra, but it's fine if it is. <laughs> but you should check out all of the resources. They have beautiful videos and great um, articles. So I will link you all to that for the Eden Invitation. And uh, just want to give a shout out to some of the training that we do, Journey Well. Just go to HIMHministries.com if you want to learn how to walk alongside LGBT people well. We really try and model some of the tone and tenor you hear on this podcast, which is grace and truth and just um, kind of walking through the real gritty, hard pieces, but that all point us to the gospel, gospel's good news equally. So thanks so much for listening. For all of us here at the Whole In My Heart podcast, we will see you next week. about how I failed. Are, are my levels good? Birthday. Yes, I think so. So once okay, upon perfect. a time, 10 plus 12 years ago, when it was my birthday. 10 plus 12, 22 years ago. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> 12 years ago, when it was my birthday, and I worked all day, and then you're like, hey, let's just go out to a restaurant. And you're like, what do you want to do? And you didn't plan anything. And I think I cried, which feels a little overreactive at this point. Fast forward 10, 12, not 22, but just straight up 12 years. And <laughs> I think it was 11. Maybe. It was your birthday, and I said, basically, what do you want to do? And didn't get you anything. And that's the end of the story where mm -hmm. I failed. The mm -hmm. end. Planned well, nothing. 
Yeah, I bought my birthday present. And then you took which it back these because shoes. it sucked. <laughs> no, you're the yeah, ones you no, took Yeah, no, so I, I got some nicer shoes also, and then they came, and yeah. it was like there was a weird little wrinkle on the inside of the shoe that was rubbing against my foot. Huh. And so I literally yeah. you know, just couldn't, couldn't keep it on. See, like, you know that's what? why Not I worth it. just don't ever shop online for anything. Really? Because you can't what? try you stuff those? on. There uh, were free returns though. So oh. so we were <laughs> well, it's all the hassle of the returning. I gotta somehow send you it print back it. to you. I you just, know. Yeah, Have you, you ever returned UPS anything? Because I hadn't until this month. Really? On the mm-hmm. internet. No, I just keep all the crap that I accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hate it. I've done it, but I hate it. Because mm-hmm. which part do you hate? The printing? The yeah. In the boxing well, and, and like, the UPSing. You have to go to some yeah. place. the UPS store, drop right. it off, and then wait like two weeks it after they hard. get their thing back. That right. You just then you lazily get your money click back. to buy, and then you have to really yeah. hard. I should be like lazily <laughs> click, give me my money back, and then they just send right. me my money. I don't even have to send them the shit. There, see now that's a company that knows what they're doing. There it yeah. is. Yeah. Yes. Okay, who felt bad? I'm going to raise my hand for ordering, oh, sheets uh, for our daughter's bed. And then, oh, what do the UPS people do? Think I'm probably ordering provisions in the middle of this winter storm we're having. And they bring this big old box. And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I did you two didn't, days shipping and they brought this. You didn't know it was going to be Snowmageddon. Yeah, it wasn't on purpose. I just felt bad. I'm like, why did I not think? I don't know, I guess. Anyway. Mm. Uh, good levels. Yep. Everybody. I just had an inside joke with myself when you said wasn't on purpose. I imagine someone writing a porpoise. It's not even a joke. That's just, just stupid. No, I think I maybe have told that joke. Have you? Son. Uh, no, yeah. yeah. Son. <laughs> and, 